Welcome to the NC4 Podcast. We exist to know Christ and make Him known. Discover the power of a connected life by listening to this message from God's Word. Good morning, NC4. Welcome to church. As we join together with one another on live stream or on whatever social media you're using to join us here this morning, uh, hopefully you've encountered Pastor Mike Dunstan as he's been greeting you online, as you've come online. One of our pastors, Pastor Ian Martin, and his wife Selena and his little one Nia have been kind of stuck in the midst of this virus in in the UK, and our prayers go out to them and are with them. But one of the things that he wrote this past week in a pastoral letter to the congregation is, he says this, he says, God is more interested in who we are becoming as a church than where we are And this is an opportune moment to boldly live out the things that we believe. I thought it's really aptly stated. So, to that end, this morning, we're going to position ourselves in our households under the protection of the covenant blood of Christ by celebrating the Eucharist together. The title of this message is The Protection of the Eucharist. It's a concept concerning the Eucharist and communion and that sacrament that we rarely kind of take on board. And I began to prepare us in the video that was posted to all of you, hopefully this past Thursday. And for those who haven't had the opportunity to watch, I'll give like a brief explanation and perhaps you can go back and watch it later. It's important. So check your email or go back to NC4's social media channels, the website, and you can pick up that, that, that clip because it's important in terms of what we're doing and what we're believing coming out of this service this morning. Now, if you haven't already done it, uh, what I'd like you to do is take a minute and prepare a little bit of bread or matzah or crackers along with some wine or grape juice or fruit juice to use as we do communion together. Bring along a piece of paper so you can write on it with a pen if you haven't already done that. And uh, you can ask your family then to gather around you as you heads of households this morning uh, lead us in Eucharist. Join with me as we lead us in Eucharist. This may be a little different for some of you. Most of you think, well, it's got to be a pastor or a priest or someone else who consecrates the elements of communion. Communion is the new Passover. It's the new Passover in the blood of Christ. And, And the old Passover was performed and is performed by rabbis and Jewish priests today, but originally in Exodus chapter 12, it was the heads of households who consecrated the Passover. And so this morning in the new Passover, I'm asking you if you're a head of household, whether you're a single mom, whether you're a grandpa, a granddad, whatever your station might be, that any head of household would draw these elements together and celebrate with us. God is going to do something special uh, this morning. So let me give you like a quick backstory of what we're doing here. On Saturday evening, one week ago, I was out buying groceries. A prophet who was not from NC4 tried to call me and couldn't, he called me out of the blue and he wasn't able to reach me. I hadn't heard from him in years. And so uh, he called my wife, Trish, and he recounted that he'd been praying for us as well as for the church and that he felt as if God wanted us to turn our attention to Exodus chapter 30, verses 11 through 16. We're not actually going to turn there. You can recount this later as you go to that clip. 
He, he felt that there was something in those verses that was specifically for all of us. All of you who are online, there is something going on that, that has a divine intention for, for you this morning. And so he noted that the verses have to do, watch this, with the taking of a census, protection from a plague or from sweep, some sweeping illness, and then the taking of an offering to that effect. And we're going to, to model this this morning. Now, I'm very careful, please, about haphazardly applying scriptures which seem to align themselves with this circumstance or that circumstance. But Trish happened to be, watch this, Trish was sorting the mail when this guy mentioned the word census, and she looked down in her hand, and there in her hand was a U.S. census report. And so this caught her attention. And when I returned and she told me what had transpired, I sensed the presence of the Holy Spirit in this thing. And, and uh, I was reminded that the previous week, for those of you who are members or attend here at NC4, the previous week, Pastor Tony Pierre Giovanni, who's our XP and myself, we did a presentation which involved an actual census of the church. So in a nutshell then, Exodus chapter 30 instructs Israel that when they take a census, in order to avoid a plague or sweeping sickness, each person over 20 years old, each head of household, and each person over 20 years old was to offer a one-half shekel offering. Now, the buying power of one-half shekel is about $5 today. And needless to say, the offering was about $5 value purchasing power then, and the same thing today. So this offering isn't about money. This offering is about a sign. It's about a symbol. And so God then says in the same word that Jesus uses to institute the Eucharist, which is a new Passover, he says, do this as a remembrance. It's the, the very same word. And so all of that to say that we're going to take communion together and take a $5 offering for everyone over 20 years of age in every household, right? And we'll do that in just a bit. Before we do that, we've been doing this, like at, at NC4, we've been doing this series called Undeceptions, a word used by C.S. Lewis. And this describes how the Holy Spirit can literally undeceive us. And what he means by that is to bring us out of something we're confused about and into this like moment of clarity that just changes everything. We've all had those kinds of experiences in life. And I believe that with regard to the taking of communion, the sacrament of Eucharist, and much of the body of Christ needs to become undeceived. With regard to communion, we need to understand the power and the protection. And I'm emphasizing that word protection this morning. The power and the protection of God that he imparted to us when we partake of the Eucharist in faith. Here are a few reasons that Jesus instituted the communion at the Last Supper. The first is this. In the sacrament of communion, we remember Jesus and he re-members us. That's my first point this morning. In the sacrament of communion, we remember Jesus and he re-members us. Communion is that place where Jesus puts us together. That's what he's doing this morning online. He's putting us together. He puts the church together. He puts your families together. He, he cements our unity and our love for one another. And in that light, I want to visit what Paul was to say about communion to the Corinthian church. 
And so we're going to turn to the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 11:17. The scripture should come, come to bear on your screens. In the interest of time, and so that we can actually practice what we're preaching this morning, I'm going to offer just a brief summary of the context in which Paul both rebukes and instructs the church at Corinth. And this is a, this is a problem for the church at Corinth. It's the deal that Paul's addressing here. And it's this, they're eating and drinking at the houses probably of some older or more respected member of the body there. And they're eating and drinking and some are getting tipsy. Some don't have enough to eat, some do. Some do. And there seems to be some kind of class or racial distinction surfacing at the meal. All in all, the table of the Lord is being minimized. It isn't only being minimized, actually, it's being disgraced. And the power that lies in the sacrament is being abused because they're so familiar with it. They don't, this is a Gentile church. They don't understand the gravitas of a Jewish covenantal meal. So in verse 21, Paul literally accuses the Corinthians of showing contempt for God's church as they dishonor the table, the table of the Lord. And can I say that Paul's not in the habit of getting riled up about something that he considers to be some empty ritual. Paul is determined, and I think Jesus is determined this morning, that that the church is going to grasp the gravitas of the sacrament of covenant table. And so I want to begin reading, and I'll just do like a running commentary as we read through it. And then we'll do a couple comments, and then we'll take communion together with a kind of a special addendum. So begin reading with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning, I'm going to begin in verse 23. I said 17, I'm going to begin in 23, okay? Verse 23, for I received from the Lord, Paul says, that which I also delivered unto you. And the word received is a special word in Greek. It, it means to take upon oneself an office or practice or a ministry to deliver to others. It's a supernatural transaction. That the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, that's interesting, took bread. In all of the communion accounts in the New Testament, betrayal is mentioned. Our capacity to betray one another. Our, the capacity in humanity to betray itself and to pray, betray God. In verse 24, and when he had given thanks, the, the word here to give thanks is eucharisto, which is why the communion is called Eucharist. He had given thanks, he broke, he broke the bread and said, this is my body, which is, I like this, which is for you. Uh, Jesus is saying, I prescribe, he's saying it this morning, I'm prescribing my body for you. This is a script. You know, everybody's running hither and yon looking for scripts in the midst of this distress that we're in. Jesus has a script for us. This is my body which is prescribed for you. It is for your good. Do this, he says, in remembrance of me. The word remembrance means to visit with the same power as at the first. Verse 25, in the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, the cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance. Same word remember, with the same power that I'm doing it now. Continue to do it. Verse 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, I love the fact that he says often because there's all kinds of oftens going on this morning across the viewing, the viewing area. He says, 
as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And the implication is that it is to be often. And it's important to note that twice Jesus says, do this. Twice Jesus says, remember. And twice Jesus says, often. Verse 27, he says, therefore, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, what we, we need to ask what that means, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, Paul never uses the word guilty in this manner in all of his writings except right here. And after all, has not all our sin been forgiven? So the word guilt here means if we take communion unworthily or refusing to understand what it is, the gravitas of it, we're held liable to some kind of consequence. I mean, so verse 28, but a man or woman must examine himself or herself and in so doing he or she is to eat of the bread and drink of the cup. And we're going to do a little bit of examination in just a little bit. Verse 30, for this reason, this is really crazy. I mean, he says in verse 30, for this reason, many among you are weak and sick and a number sleep, which is, a, of course, a, a, a euphemism for death. And so there's this hookup between the communion, the, the, the sacrament of Eucharist and our health which is really interesting because in the old Passover, there was a hookup between the taking of Passover and the health of Israel. This is something we overlook so often, right? Verse 31, but if we judged ourselves rightly, we would not be judged. In verse 32, and when we are judged, we're disciplined by the Lord so that we will not be condemned along with the world. We have a status in the kingdom. If you're watching uh, this morning, if you're joining us, you're, you're part of us. This is, this is the church becoming, if you're watching this morning. And, and there is a distinction. Uh, there's a distinction. There is a status supernaturally by partaking of this this morning. So, <clears throat> what, the, what the Corinthians needed to understand, and what we this morning need to understand, is this. Communion is supernatural food. Now, Look, I have to just admit to you, I'm not a materialist. I don't believe that the material world is all that there is. And the creedal statements that go across the world, no matter what the denomination, the creed begins, I believe in that which is seen and unseen. I believe in the visible and the invisible. And so as Jesus introduces the understanding of communion in John's gospel in chapter 6, the crowds are asking him for something for a reason. They're saying, you know, Jesus had just done the, the miracle of the loaves and the fishes, and all these people were fed supernaturally. And, uh, and the crowd looks, they want to make him king because, hey, here's a gift that keeps on giving. We can, we can tap into this power. I mean, bread, you know, from heaven for everybody. And so they said, Lord, give us this bread from heaven. Moses gave us manna in the wilderness, which means bread. Well, it was supernatural food. It, manna actually means what is it? And the reason it means what is it, that even when you know what it is, you don't know all that it is. <laughs> There's always more to know, all right? So they knew what manna was, supernatural bread. And Jesus said, and this is what he said to them. He said, he answered them this way. He said, I, I am the bread of life. So as we move to communion, it's, it's important to understand that what we'll be consuming is supernatural health. And it has supernatural dimensions. So by faith, by our faith together, 
The bread is his body, and by faith the wine is his blood. The blood of a new and an everlasting covenant, a new Passover. And the angel of death passes over because of the blood of the Lamb. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. We will taste and see that the Lord is good. Lastly, communion is protective food. There is and always has been a supernatural relationship between this covenant meal, our new Passover meal, and our physical health. Paul says really kind of starkly, he says, he states that we have to examine ourselves and when we discern the power and presence of God in the bread and in the wine, Paul says that if we somehow cheapen this meal, we will refuse to allow the Holy Spirit into it and our physical health can be impaired. It's kind of a, it's a spooky kind of thing that he says here, but it's in the scriptures. Verse 29 says, for he who eats and drinks, eats and drinks judgment to himself if he doesn't judge or discern, I won't use the word judge, discern, have a perception of God in this thing rightly. And for this reason, some of you are sick and weak and a number sleep. Okay, I wanna go on now to practice uh, what we preached. I trust that you have something like a, a little bit of grape juice or fruit juice, or I realize under this quarantine that you, can, you can't all run out to the wine store or whatever. It, it normally matters, but it doesn't matter this morning. All right? And so if you could take, well, I wanna do something before we, we take the elements together, but I want you all to please do this with me. And I'll do the words of institution, but I want you to repeat after me. Before we do that, if all of you at home, and there's a few people here, um, if all of you at home would just uh, bow your heads, close your eyes, I want you to say a few words that could change your life forever. Pray with me, and I'll, I'll lead you. Just repeat after me. Lord Jesus Christ, I am sorry for the things I've done wrong in my life. Please forgive me. And now I turn from anything that I know is wrong. I thank you that you died on the cross for me so that I could be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your spirit. I now receive that gift Please come into my life by your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. We just discern the presence of the living God in the bread and the lives of one another. So now I want to ask you to do something again that may make you a little uncomfortable. As I said before, that we're used to either someone officiating at communion, and I'm going to be doing this here, but I, I, it's important that in every household, that we want every household to be involved in this. So again, if you're the head of a household, if you're a single mom, if, you, if you're a grandpa, whatever it is, if you're the head of the household, just take a little bit of that bread and the fruit juice, wine or grape juice if you can. And I want you to repeat after me, as we consecrate these elements. Some of you won't be used to doing this, but as I said, originally it was the heads of households that did this because the Levitical priesthood had not been established, okay? 
And so, here we are in these special circumstances. So, repeat after me and take your bread and break it. In the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And taking the cup, continue to repeat after me. He said, this is the cup of my blood. the blood of a new and everlasting covenant shed for the sins of all men and women that they would be forgiven. And he said, do this in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your shed, bro- for your shed blood and your broken body. Okay, before we take of the elements, I had asked you to write the names down on a piece of paper of uh, everyone uh, over 20 in your family. Okay? And I hope you've done that. If you didn't do that, you can do this afterwards. There's mine. You can do this afterwards, and uh, uh, God will honor it. But it's in your heart now. Those people are in your heart right now. But if you take that paper, write $5 on it, which is a pittance, it's the, the sanctuary offering of the temple, and just write down the names of, if you're a head of a household, everyone that you consider to be part of who you are as a head of a household. Could be your kids, your grandkids, Extended family. I've got a whole pile of names on here. This is going to extend to them this blood offering. All right, what I'd like us to do is just hold these pieces of paper up. If you don't have a piece of paper, hold your heart up and, and agree with me in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we look at these names. These are our loved ones. These are ones whom you've sovereignly given us relationship with. We appreciate them and we love them. We pray over these ones, God, that the angel of death would pass over. We pray for a remission of this plague and that it would desist. While we're at it, Lord, we pray for all of the healthcare professionals who are in the, entrenched in the front lines. We ask you, Lord God, protect them. For the first responders, for the police, for all of, of those who are distributing food, Lord, protect them. And Lord, as we eat of this bread, your body, in faith, and drink of this cup, your blood, in faith, we pray for the initiation of a Passover over this church, our families, 
So I'd like us to take the bread. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Lord, we thank you for your broken body. We, by faith, sense your presence in this element. We take it together as families and individuals in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, as we drink this cup, we bring the blood to bear on all these names that are on these pieces of paper. And we drink the cup of your blood and the blood of your covenant for the remission of our sin. As we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim your death, Lord Jesus, until you come in glory. Now, what I'd like to do, for those of you who wrote these names down, keep them as a remembrance. Keep these names as a remembrance and keep them in a place so that as we move through this, this crisis as a people together, that we all can look at these names Remember this morning and say to ourselves, God is faithful. God is good. Oh, thy great wisdom, living God. And if you didn't do that, um, if you were unable to and didn't get to it, do it this afternoon. Pray over those names. And I believe grace is going to extend everyone. Now, an offering is part of this as well. So, look. Take up all the names, put $5 on each one of them. Whatever the total is on that, if you have five names, would be $25. And I want you to either send the offering online at nc4.org using the PushPay app, or you can mail a check to us. Uh, just go to the website, and push, push the Give tab, and you can do, a, do a, a giving there. Or if you're not from our church, if you're not from NC4, and you're a believer, we're all one church, Give it to your church. But every penny of this will be used, even though it's not much, every penny will be used for relief of those who are struggling with uh, the coronavirus. Hallelujah. The memo that you can use if you go to the website is the Exodus 30, 11 offering. And if you need to know more in order to do this in good conscience, go back to the posting that came last Thursday. It explains the whole idea of plagues and offerings and all. That stuff, it's a little crazy, but it's, it's in the scriptures, all right? God bless you all. Thank you for listening to the NC4 Podcast. For more info, visit our website at nc4.org. We believe in the power of a connected life. If you prayed to give your life to Jesus today, we'd love to help you walk it out together. Just text the word Jesus to 610-816-6062.